Stay tuned for the Sean Casey Show, the Casey Commentary Midterm Math. Welcome back to the Sean Casey Show, the Casey Commentary, Midterm Math. We are just literally 23 days away uh, from the crucial and pivotal midterm elections in 2022 in hopes to stop uh, the transformation of the United States of America into a Marxist hellhole uh, being led by the likes of Soros, Obama, uh, Biden, Susan Rice, uh, and the progressive uh, uh, Marxists that call themselves Democrats. Uh, recently, we saw Tulsi Gabbard give up on the Democrat Party, and I think there are many uh, good Americans uh, that call themselves Democrats that don't like the direction of the Democrat Party and are going to be leaving in droves in the days and weeks, months, and years to come. Uh, similarly, on the Republican side, the swamp and the establishment, the old crows and failed leadership of Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy and and some of the other dinosaurs in the Republican Party are also going to be put out to pasture. And the MAGA Republicans, uh, which are going to be the America Firsters, uh, the Donald Trump uh, and uh, and the future uh, party types like Ron DeSantis, Kerry Lake, uh, and others are going to uh, uh, create a brand new... It's sort of like a... It's not your typical two-party system anymore. It is going to be a little bit different. They're going to be couched in the two-party system, uh, but the parties are now realigning and uh, rearranging, and I think it's going to be good and healthy for the United States. So here we are just three weeks out, and uh, what is it looking like uh, for the midterms? Uh, first, let's give you a little bit of history. Uh, again, the top five biggest turnovers in U.S. history at the midterm elections are, number one, Franklin Delano Roosevelt lost 77 total seats in Congress, 71 in the House back in 1938. And remember, this is coming out of the Great Depression, okay, during that time. So economic worries were a concern. Uh, the Depression, as you might imagine, the worst economic downturn in U.S. history. And that that is what led his party, the Democrats, to get annihilated in 1938. Second most uh, turnover in seats was in 2010, uh, Barack Obama lost a total of 69 seats, 63 of them in the House, and that was right after the Obamacare got slammed down our throats, uh, again with the Louisiana uh, purchase, the Cornhusker kickback, uh, with no Republican input whatsoever. Obamacare was thrust upon the nation uh, with, um, with no Republican input behind closed doors that led to the birth of the Tea Party, and the Tea Party worked very hard, uh, Americans had enough, and that is what led to the second uh, biggest landslide or bloodbath in U.S. history. Coming in at number three, once again, FDR in the midterms of 1942 lost a total of 64 seats, 55 in the House. Uh, again, uh, four term presidents uh, didn't. Uh, this was the only time after that, of course, we passed the amendment to limit uh, presidents to two terms. Uh, FDR had worn out his welcome. He was a good wartime president, and that's about it. Uh, number four, in 1974, in the post-Watergate era, Gerald Ford, taking over for Richard Nixon, got spanked 63 seats total. 48 seats were lost 
in the House, and a lot of that, actually, everything had to do with uh, Watergate, and uh, the Republicans got um, got uh, punished uh, for Nixon's transgressions. And number five was in 1994. Uh, that was uh, William Jefferson Clinton lost a total of 60 seats, 52 in the House. But remember, that was the year that Newt Gingrich led uh, the Republican Revolution with the contract uh, with America. Uh, and uh, and throughout time, uh, every single president, I think, is uh, I think is only a few that actually gained seats uh, in the modern era. I think George Bush in 2002 was one of them, last one to do it, uh, and Bill Clinton before him. But uh, that being said, most of the time, uh, it is a referendum on the president and his party. And if you combine all of the issues right now, the economic issues, the crime issues, the um, immigration and border issues, the cultural issues, education, wokeism, uh, etc., they're going to far outweigh any concerns that abortion or climate change have um, with, I think, the Democrats. I think it'll drive some Democrats out, but I don't think it's resonating with independents or unaffiliated voters. So we'll give you my prediction here at the end of the commentary. I just wanted to share with you that just under half, or about 48% of likely voters, said they would cast their ballots for the Republican congressional candidate. 41% would vote for the Democrat, according to the latest Rasmussen poll. That seven-point gap is an increase over last week's generic congressional poll, in which Republicans led by four points. Uh, And so um, in just one week, uh, a three-point gain for Republicans. And I, and I think that may even widen as we watch inflation uh, and uh, Joe Biden's uh, numbers still, poll numbers, approval numbers coming back down again into the upper 30s. And then we see uh, the gas prices now rising, the inflation number that came out, the PPI was 8.7, that's the producer price index, worse than 40 years, and the CPI, the consumer price index, what we pay for goods and services minus out the food, uh, is at 8.2%. The core uh, CPI at 6.6, the worst again in 40 years. So 85% of Republicans say they would vote for their own party's congressional candidate. 82% of Democrats would do the same. 46%, and this is the key, of independents said that they would vote Republican only 30 for Democrat. That's a 16-point margin. Uh, again, um, the remainder said they would they would vote for another candidate or undecided. But when you look at it, that's a, and that and usually independents and or unaffiliated voters will turn against the incumbent in the last waning days and weeks. They want to change. They want to see the and and America is like that. It doesn't matter if it's a Republican or a Democrat. What does matter when when I talked about when if you look at these other uh, big midterm slaughters, FDR bad economy in the nineteen thirty eight. You had Barack Obama once again big government uh, and still coming out of a bad econ- economy in two thousand ten. Uh, yet FDR still on the heels of a bad economy and uh, coming off uh, into his uh, fourth term. People had enough of him. Uh, Gerald Ford, Watergate, that's self-explanatory, and, of course, uh, coming out of recession, uh, which got Bill Clinton elected in 1992, uh, but then there was the impeachment uh, and a lot of other stuff affecting the Clinton years and the scandal as well. So there's usually, in addition to just a referendum on the president, other driving factors, and we've got a ton of them in this um, election year basket, so keep that in mind. So what am I predicting? Um, Well, I do think that most conventional pundits – 
Uh, we only need 218 seats in the House to uh, retake the House. We're at 212 right now. Uh, so only six. We're definitely going to get that. And most of your conventional pundits, the Charles Cook Report uh, and others, are predicting somewhere in that 10 uh, to 20 seat range. A few others I've seen uh, are going a little bit more on the uh, 20 to 20 to 25, maybe 30. I'm saying this is not going to be a red ripple. This is going to be a red wave. And I'm predicting right now 40 to 50 seat gain. Uh, in the House, and that's been tough, even with redistricting. That's how much I think the American people have had enough of uh, the Democrats, the progressives, and Joe Biden. Now, over in the Senate, it gets interesting, uh, because it's locked up now, 50-50. And right now, you've got about uh, 10 seats that are really focused. I think there are about 47 safe Republican seats and 46 uh, safe um, uh, Democrat seats, or about seven seats that we're looking at right now. And here's what I think is going to happen. I think uh, Adam Laxalt will uh, pick up a seat in Nevada over Catherine Cortez Masto. I think Dr. Oz, Fetterman is fading. He's now getting Biden uh, to uh, campaign from in Pennsylvania, so you'll have two cognitively impaired individuals in Pennsylvania. Uh, Fetterman's issue of uh, crime stance is horrific. One of the worst candidates the Democrats have ever nominated, and I think... Oz will win in Pennsylvania and hold that seat. In Wisconsin, Ron Johnson has begun to widen the gap over Mandela Barnes. He will hold that seat. Uh, in um, Ohio, J.D. Vance, I think, uh, will squeak out a win over Tim Ryan, uh, again, who has uh, made some unfortunate comments about confronting uh, and attacking uh, MAGA Republicans. Uh, Vance has been uh, very good in the debate. Uh, will hold that seat in North Carolina. Ted Budd should hold that seat. So that gets us into some interesting scenarios uh, in Georgia, Arizona, New Hampshire, and um, uh, Washington. So we have uh, right right now, if you've been following along, a pickup of one seat so far for the GOP. Many are saying it looks like a 52 to 48 uh, pick up for the GOP in the Senate. Others are predicting that it'll stay locked or Democrats could pick up one. Uh, I do, at the minimum, think it's going to be 52. I think Herschel Walker will hang in there in Georgia and pick up a seat there. Uh, again, even though Warnock has been trending a little bit, the attacks on Herschel Walker about the abortion, uh, about the girlfriend, about the uh, so on and so forth, I do think... Uh, that once again the red wave will will turn up and Ralph Warnock will be turned out. Uh, so that's a two pickups. And then things get interesting. In Arizona, what I see happening in Arizona is I think Carrie Lake is uh, going to lead this charge. I think Mark Fincham, I think Abe Bahamaday and, and others uh, are going to really, Paul Gosar, I think it's going to be a red wave in Arizona. And it's hard for me to think that Mark Kelly is going to survive that uh, because Blake Masters was within four points. So once again, I think uh, Masters closes the gap and ekes out a win over Mark Kelly. It's going to be a lot closer uh, than uh, Carrie Lake's race with uh, the non-existent Katie Hobbs. Uh, so now we're at 53 seats. And then the question comes, uh, what happens in New Hampshire between Maggie Hassan and uh, Colonel Don Bulldog? Um, I, Hassan is a former sitting governor. I'd, I'd like to say... Uh, Bulldog pulls that out. New Hampshire's a quirky state. Um, so right now I'm going to give that to the Democrat uh, reluctantly. 
and it stays at 53 seats. But in the state of Washington, this is my upset special of the year. I think Patty Murray has been in the Senate for 30 years. Tiffany Smiley is one of the most bright, articulate, aggressive, um, and uh, she's just one of these really star uh, uh, quality candidates uh, for the Republicans. Uh, Her husband is in the service and was blinded, and she fought tooth and nail against the VA for him. She's a fighter. She's a warrior. And I think Tiffany Smiley will upset Patty Murray in the state of Washington. So that puts us at 54 seats for the Senate, and I think uh, we're looking at least 40 seats. So we're looking at maybe 250 to 260. Uh, it's going to be a bloodbath in the House. So that's my the way I see it uh, for my midterm math. And if you'd like to join us uh, and make your predictions, I'll read them uh, over the uh, over the show here. You can do that at the Sean Casey Show at gmail.com. And uh, don't forget, in 23 days, you have to vote. And do it in person. Don't mail it in. You lose chain of custody on the mail-ins. Funny things can happen to mail-in ballots. Uh, You can early vote if you want or do it on Election Day. But make sure you go and vote and vote to save America. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Uh, thanks again for joining us for the Casey Commentary Midterm Math. Uh, we'll have a brand new episode drop on Monday. Uh, please remember to, to download, subscribe, rate, and review. And uh, we certainly appreciate you doing that. And spread the wealth, share the knowledge. We need every single body we can get at the polls. Until then, remember to stay free. Yeah.